Welcome to Secondhand Movies. I'm Morgan, and this is part two of a conversation with myself and the other co-host, Joel, discussing the origins of the podcast and some of our goals moving forward with it. We hope you enjoy it. Thanks for listening. Sometimes trying to find that match of tone and expectation with the kind of grammar level of the visual information, you kind of have to have those all matched up. And so sometimes you have really well-acted, well-scripted films that they're just using such a basic film grammar that it's kind of a slog to get through because visually it's, it's just so basic feeling. And I've, I've encountered those movies. And then sometimes you have films that are, I would say, in my opinion, are visually very sophisticated. But they're kind of the equivalent of like a college level reading. And so people kind of watch them like, this is boring. No, it's made for a grown up. And I don't just mean that you're, you might be 50 and not like it. I'm not saying that you're not grown up in that. I'm saying it's a, it's an advanced kind of level <laughs> to understand and appreciate what they're doing. Yeah. And so, uh, I, so that's important. Yeah. So like, are, are you, g- give me some examples. Like yeah. both of the, <laughs> like the young adult sure, sure. books and then like get more sophisticated type. So, I mean, if you look at most blockbusters made in the last, you know, 20 years, they are relatively easy to, to digest. Yeah. They're not very challenging. Now, they may be using a lot of techniques. So I don't mean to say that the craftsmanship is not there, but they're trying to make it as widely viewable as possible. So what you'll see is, one, there's not much experimental photography. Everything's easy to kind of see. Shot length, kind of the same thing. It's slow enough to catch the information, but fast enough that you're always stimulated. It's never yeah. really slow. Right. There's not really much challenging in the palette. Like, it's pretty neutral colors. It's not really distinct, necessarily. It's not making these big, bold choices, typically. Yeah, it's pretty fast-paced, like you're saying. Right, it's fast-paced. Stuff is, if it's color coded or color coordinated it's pretty obvious it's pretty clean it's not very subtle or very experimental it's not like we're gonna make everything on this stuff like white and all this stuff is blue (laughs) like really kind of almost weird stuff so there's not a lot of that and so again they might be using a lot of techniques that again could be very advanced i mean the ideas of montage cross-cutting, multiple storylines, multiple timelines, like that kind of stuff might be at play in some of these movies. But they're presented in a way that they're trying to make it relatively easy to digest and to discern what's going on. Yeah, It's not necessarily spoon-fed to you. You know, this is not maybe made for a six-year-old. Yeah, But it's, it's relatively easy. Star Wars does a lot of this, right? There's repeated phrases, some exposition that help, but just from a visual standpoint, it's all very clear. Now it's a little slower paced because cutting rapidly wasn't as much of a thing. And part of that was because it was a lot of work to cut fast because you literally had to cut and splice and cut and splice and cut and splice and cut and splice physically by hand. 
So it, digital has generally sped up probably the shot length. Um, something that's like mid-tier maybe, like a little more challenging visually. I don't know if that challenging's, but kind of rewards like paying attention maybe. You know, you mentioned like Terminator 2. That might be a good example. Or, I don't know, I keep thinking of Die Hard. I don't know why. Um, Because I, I don't necessarily know that that's a great example. <laughs> I mean, um, it, it, it could be. Maybe it's slightly more advanced, you know? Yeah. I would um, I would put it in the B tier, not B tier, but middle tier. Yeah, I mean that's more like maybe like freshman lit, you know, like yeah. <laughs> like it's a little older, right? Yeah, you kind of have to follow stuff visually. Like it doesn't explain everything to you. Like a great example of that, there's a picture on her desk of her with John McClane, her husband. Yeah, see, there's yeah, there's stuff like that. And what you as an audience have to do is you have to see that picture and go, oh, this guy can't see that because then he'll realize she's married and who is that guy and where is he? Oh, he's a cop. Like, it's going to lead him down the, he's going to pull on the thread and he's going to realize who John is. And sure enough, that's yeah. what happens. Yeah. So she subtly puts it down and hides it. This is not explained. This is all visual. And then they have a bunch of stuff, and then eventually it comes back up. And then there's other things like the scene where, I mean, spoiler, but like a character dies, and they're trying to tell you this guy is way over his head. This is a bad situation. He's going to die. And they're cutting back and forth between these characters, and you're you're having to tell from the dialogue and the cutting. You're having to read in between the lines. Yeah. So again, it's a little slightly more, slightly more mature. Um, this next year, there's kind of several different ways you could go with this. I would say, one example for staying like in the action genre would be more like a RoboCop. RoboCop has a lot of POV. It satires a lot of things. So again, it's not necessarily a straightforward narrative. It's visually showing you RoboCop as a hero. But he's this like unthinking, unfeeling, at least for the majority of the film, character that's supposed to be controlled by the state. And so he's a weapon. So it's it's presenting conflicting ideas. In the story narrative, this is somebody who's been robbed of his humanity. Right. So that's where you're supposed to understand the conflict of that. So that's why it's kind of an elevated project. Then kind of in this range of like diehard RoboCop area, you could probably put almost any Spielberg film because Spielberg's really accessible, but almost all of his films are really technically well-crafted and directed and blocked. And a lot of the visual information, though, is still pretty easy to follow. Like he's not incredibly esoteric, generally speaking. He has a few movies that are harder. But he does a really good job of helping kind of lead your eyes to see information. But he doesn't necessarily explain all of it. One of the things that Spielberg does is he just presents stuff really straightforward in a inventive way. I, I'm sorry. I started laughing because I almost was like, yeah, the character Newman. <laughs> <laughs> Newman. Newman. <laughs> No, no. <laughs> that's the actor that plays Newman, but no, that wasn't Newman. I forget his character's name even. But <laughs> I should know. I uh, know. 
I knew you'd get a kick out of that too. <laughs> okay, I, I get it now. You got these different tiers. And if we were going to go up from there, just so I can finish this thought real yeah. quick, I'll make it shorter. The you know this will get into more like the classic, like the you Godfather. Gl- yeah, Godfather slightly. I mean, I was thinking more like Master and Commander gets okay. into some of this. Yeah, um, but even beyond that, I mean, you're going to get like 2001 Space Space Odyssey. Yeah, almost any Stanley Kubrick is kind of kind of trade on this stuff. Yeah, um, Lawrence of Arabia. Um, is a very kind of slow, grand film. But, I mean, in my mind, it holds up because it's using the nature of film in a very very filmic way. Yeah. It's just, it is a product of its time in terms of some of it, but also some of it is just choice. Some of the point is to show you that this is a desert, and it's long and slow and arduous. So the filmmaking reflects that. Like, it's supposed to match. Yeah. Um, Matches the story. Yeah, yeah. I'm, like, trying to think of, like, the visually the most complex, you know, <laughs> metaphorical, like, no. representative. But I mean, you're good. <laughs> I mean, that's... That that gives that gives me enough of an understanding of kind of what you're meaning, what you're where you're going with that. Well, good. I I'm not sure how well I explained it, so yeah, if it's somewhat trackable. Yeah. Um, and hopefully that's something I can continue. I mean, that's that's part of what I enjoy about this too. It's forcing me to, not forcing me. It's giving me an opportunity to verbalize things that I haven't really had an opportunity to verbalize. Mm-hmm. Because either they're people who aren't interested in it, yeah, or it's people who already kind of have their own way that they describe it, because they're already kind of you know filmmakers in their own rights, typically. Um. So yeah, th- that's what I mean. It's just you're just using all the components of of visual storytelling in making a film. And then the second is you know just some kind of some kind of emotion. Oh. Um. Kind of lost track of where we were. Yeah, me too. (laughs) I mean, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, I think, I don't know how to encapsulate that thought, but I mean, really, that story you told, I I love that because that does encapsulate. One, I want to share, we, like I said, we have this passion for film. We enjoy it. We're fans. But I think if we were just that, we wouldn't really feel that motivated to do this podcast because, honestly, one, that's just not that motivating. (laughs) I, I can go, I mean, at this point, like, I could go talk to the person, the ran- random person on the street, right, and just go talk to him about movies. Or you could just join it. And there's already so much fandom. Yes, it's like you could find the movies that you're really passionate about, and you could you could just live in there. I mean, you can be a fan of a filmmaker or a genre or a subgenre, and you could just yeah spend the rest of your life. 
being fans of that and talking to the other fans. Like, yeah. I think for us, it was how do we take people who are fans of movies into that journey that we've both had of we can just go a little deeper. Yeah. Is, is that the right way to say that? No. So whenever you said that, the immediate thought, and I almost want to do like an episode just on this, but I, I doubt this isn't really what our podcast is about, but just kind of the downfall of Marvel almost mm-hmm. because like that's exactly like everything you were describing is kind of how Marvel was. They were super slash, uh, uh, fast paced and, you know, savvy looking and everything was great. You know, you're reading that 400 page book really fast. <laughs> and then like people are just digesting it and it's like, oh man, this is great. This is fun. This is exciting. And like now we're very, just very slowly, we're going from, you know, billion dollar movies to now we're only doing 200. Right. 200 million. That's it. Like, really? Yeah. Like, that's that's chunk change, you know? Yeah. And, and, and so, and it's because, like, you know, I, I went and I saw Ant-Man in mm-hmm. theaters, and I, visually, it's great. Story-wise, I mean, I think this was, uh, like, I, I've heard of a couple of different Marvel movies basically be filmed in a green screen room. Sure, sure. And see, I mean, like, you even believe it. <laughs> like it's not like anything that you can't wrap your head around type thing. You're just like, oh yeah, I can totally see that. We might have something to say there. I don't know. Um, <laughs> There's a lot to say there, honestly, because like we can just right. Like, that's just these are the types of conversations that we have all the time, and these right. are the types of conversations that that kind of got this podcast started. Well, yeah. in, in for me, I was never. One of the things is that we, again, we were never really drawn to being overly negative either. It was like we wanted to find the things that were really worth talking about and sharing. This is true. And we also were really focused on, I mean, again, I think we just, we wanted to go back to things that we liked and then just get past that surface to not necessarily explore why we liked them so much, but why they were meaningful or what meaning we could draw out of them. And so that would lead to us having deeper conversations. So I think we really used it as just a means to have a better conversation between you and I. Yeah. And sometimes with other friends that, that went along with us and, that that for me has always been the best part about films. It's like, yeah, it's fun to watch a movie and I can enjoy it, but I want to take something with me out of it. Yeah. And and today, like 40 years ago, that probably wasn't the case. Uh, may, maybe you would have that, to go a, a little further than that, but the case... The point is, is that films these days are very connecting. Oh, yeah. Like. Well, they've been productized. A lot of them have, but 
that's what made movies get so big, get so popular, is what I feel like. And again, this is coming from the story guy. (laughs) Like, there's a story, you know, in these movies, and it connects people. Mm -hmm. You know, you come out of that movie, as you were telling, you know, you told these dramas, you told these stories, and people got a connection through it. Yeah, yeah, there's the the shared cultural phenomena aspect where it was like everybody had seen this movie. Well, and, and not only that, but it it connects the story. Like that's this is what I'm saying is like you don't think about are you just mean like cinematic universes now and stuff? No, no, not not really. Like the emotional tie you get to a story. Oh, okay. And gotcha. how it connects to different people. You come out of a movie theater like um, right, that everybody's had kind of this shared experience. Yeah, you have like you know, it, and it's more dramatic films. Pursuit of Happiness is what I keep thinking of. Um, you know, you have those tor- types of movies that are just kind of hard hitting, mm-hmm. but they leave you just like sitting there thinking. You're just like, man. And then you, and then that's whenever you want to go talk about it, and that's what it is for me. Mm. Like it's just like, oh man. I need to go talk about this movie to somebody, yeah, and just be like, "Man, like, dude, this this movie was heavy for me." Or this, man, can can we talk about this? Did, what did you like about this movie? Did you w- w- was it this scene? Mm-hmm. Like this scene was really good, but man, this other scene wasn't that great. But then they were totally redeemed it, and it totally makes sense because of that scene. I think you brought up a good point that some of what drives conversation is questions. One of the reasons why one of the most frequently discussed filmmakers is Stanley Kubrick. Yeah. Is because his movies invite questions. It's very far from spoon-fed. Most of his movies are full of subtext yep. and kind of secondary meanings. And that's why I think they're so routinely brought up. It's not just because I think film people appreciate them, although that that is a thing. It's not just because there's a mythos, although there's that. <laughs> I mean, there's other factors. <laughs> but fundamentally, it's because a lot of people kind of watch it and go, I'm not sure what I just watched. I've got to talk to somebody. <laughs> like, <laughs> I feel like that's kind of what a lot of people have that, that feeling of. So I think I think that unanswered thing... and. And that's kind of the antithesis of where most of the industry is and has been for quite some time. They 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 want very kind of safe packaged products. Yeah. That are four quadrant and blah blah blah, you know. And so having these kind of open ended question movies is seen as risky. And so they're not really pushed. Yeah. And thus, I think that's why a lot of times most of film debate has become more about fandom or a general, like, I enjoyed it or didn't enjoy it. And so getting back to what motivates this this particular podcast in why it's not just you and I hanging out and talking, because we could do that. Good. And we would talk about a lot of things. We wouldn't just talk about movies. We'd talk about all sorts of things. And we do that. I mean, but why... Why are we sitting down and focusing it to movies? And why are we making it a podcast? I know for me, I kept feeling a hole every time I searched for something in 
the current film community. I wasn't getting something. And what I was missing was people who loved films but were not tied up in fandom and were not tied up into strictly film criticism in a very academic kind of thing. Yeah. And we're mostly trying to find the stuff that's really worth discussing. And there's very few people out there who kind of meet those criteria for me. A lot of them are very much just covering everything, good and bad. You know, they're just kind of every movie that gets released. And they're kind of the traditional critic that used to review every movie that came out, basically. Like Ebert and Rupert? Ebert, yep. Siskel and Ebert. Yep. And then it changed. Um, and now I think it's just Rupert. Well, Ebert died, but they still have his site, yeah. and it's still kind of a brand. Like you have the the kind of traditional critic role, which is new stuff comes out, and they're trying to tell you is it worth watching. Okay, that's valid. That that's a service. And then you have like just different stratas of fandom, old films, classic films, certain filmmakers, certain certain genres, all this stuff. And so a lot of the film podcast and film culture is very niche down into specific genres or filmmakers or, heck, even certain films. I mean, there's a whole podcast on just one film. <laughs> uh, there's podcasts that go minute by minute of a film. And, and some of those are enjoyable. I've listened to them. I'm not saying they're all bad. Not even close. Like, a lot of them are enjoyable. But the magic of sitting down with somebody... And like you said, just having movies, you go, I want to talk through this. I, I miss that. I don't get that conversation very often, both in real life and in kind of film lover space. And, and it just, it feels very focused on whether I liked the movie or not. Instead of going, I had an experience with this movie and I want to talk about it. Is this making sense? It's making sense to me, but I'm, I mean, I'm inside your brain, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I I I I can't speak for the the listeners, but it does. It makes a lot of sense to me because I'm I'm basically in the same boat. Yeah, paddling right along next to you, dude. Because it it is again like I'm kind of I'm traveling down the same river in a different boat with you. Yeah, no, that's a great way of putting it. You know, I'm just on the other bank, so to speak. We're mm-hmm. it's the same river. But I'm just on the other bank, and I I want to be able to digest with people. Yeah. While while I was up in Colorado for my ten plus years there, like I had friends that I would sit down every Tuesday. You know, there was a group of uh, three of us, and one of us would buy a movie, and that Tuesday we would go watch it. Mm -hmm. And so it did. It it brought us together. And you know, I'm not gonna lie, there were plenty of movies that were terrible, <laughs> and we we shut off in the middle of it. <laughs> wow. Um, and th- then there were other movies that we were like, I don't think this is gonna be any good, but hey, I got it, <laughs> and we loved it. Yeah, yeah. And you know, it was fun. You know, we were giggling, you know, laughing. And so uh, again, like that—that's the type of thing that I see and that I want and I miss. 
And so getting to do this, you know, with you, like that's that like I, I'm getting that back again. I like that idea. You know, we're we're both paddling in the same direction in the same river, just different boats. And honestly, that's what we want our fellow travelers. I mean, we want to find you because, you know, we want you to find us because we want to find you. We want to find all the people who are in the same river, go in the same direction in your yeah. own boat. We want our own little community to be able to talk about this and discuss it. Yeah. We are trying to find, most of the time, movies that spark discussion, at the very least. Yeah. I think what you'll find here is that we're going to discuss movies that create discussion. And, two, that we are going to actively encourage a community of people who love movies, but even more than that, want to get something out of movies. They want to dig a little deeper. They want to have rewarding conversation with others. They want to find those movies that just make you go, I got to talk to somebody. And third, you know, you're just not going to get kind of drugged through the mud. We're not going to be super negative. We're not going to be cussing and talking a bunch of garbage. I don't know. (laughs) Well, that wraps up our conversation on the origins of our podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it. And thank you for joining us. If you have questions or comments, email us secondhandmoviespodcast at gmail.com. You can also connect with us at our Facebook group, Secondhand Movies Podcast. And lastly, make sure that you like and subscribe and leave us a five-star rating. This helps other people find the podcast and join our community. Thanks for listening.